Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome in, Browns fans, to another edition of Locked On Browns Podcast. I am your host, Jared Mueller. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, turned up the audio a little bit, so hopefully those of you that have been listening for a little while do not have to turn up your stereo as loud or your PC or your Mac or your iPhone or whatever device you have been listening in on trying to get this perfected for you. So again, any feedback, comments, questions, all of those kind of things can be thrown at me at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R on Twitter, including anything about just the technological sides of things and what you're hearing, what you don't like, what you do like. But then maybe even more importantly, I'd love to talk to you about Brown stuff. Uh, if you have questions that you'd like to have answered on the podcast, any of those kind of things, you can hit me up on Twitter for that. So, Big day uh, for the Browns, a lot of movement, a lot of shaking after their week two loss to the Baltimore Ravens. I just returned home uh, late last night, early this morning from covering the Browns game on Sunday and a taste of Browns of the Browns event last night. And so I just want to real speak to that real quickly. Uh, the taste of, of the Browns event is a great event that's been on for 18 years now. It's an event that is um, marked to try to fight hunger in the Cleveland area. Everything is set up to benefit the Cleveland Area Food Bank. And so it's a great event with a lot of restaurants, um, breweries, wineries, and those kind of things from the Cleveland area uh, who provide a bunch of what we would call small plates um, with a lot of creative food, a lot of stuff that was really, really interesting uh, to eat last night, as well as uh, wines and beers and uh, Pepsis and those kind of things. And then they have a ton of silent auction items. You'll see some of that up on the OBR uh, probably sometime tomorrow. Uh, Tristan Thompson signed LeBron James shoes. Um, helmet signed by RG3. Uh, Cleveland Browns helmet signed by RG3. A Pro Bowl helmet signed by Gary Barnage and Joe Thomas. And so on and so on. So just a great event. It's something I really encourage uh, for those that you are that are able, uh, who can afford to uh, plunk down a little bit of money. And so tickets this year, we're going for $175 each and then they have a VIP section which was much more but for $175 you get all the basic foods you can eat uh, wine drinks uh, they had mixed drinks those kind of things uh, basically all that you can eat for three hours while they also have events going on and you can um, bid on things uh, you can get it on a raffle you can put $20 down pick a random cork and get a random bottle of wine all worth more than $20 which is something we did um, anything that they could do uh, to support the Cleveland Food Bank they did last night. And so uh, Joe Thomas, Gary Barnage were in attendance, uh, Ernest Biner, a variety of other players. So for next year, I encourage any of you that have a chance, please stop by, get tickets. Uh, we'll probably have another contest at the Orange and Brown Report, uh, giving away tickets uh, this year. Dom and his wife, Carrie, joined us. So it was nice to meet them and hang out with them for just a few minutes as they enjoyed the event as well. So on to some moves today, uh, a couple notable cuts and 
uh, one notable addition. And so the Browns um, waived Scooby Wright and, and cut John Hughes or terminated his contract. And so Hughes was one of only two players the Browns have on their roster that they signed to second contracts after drafting them. The other two are Joe Thomas and Joe Hayden. Um, Hughes had a really interesting time with this new front office. Started out as a starter, someone that they thought was going to be really important to the team. Uh, and then had some kind of personal issue that we still don't know about. Uh, we don't know the details of. Um, but uh, missed a bunch of time during training camp. And then uh, came back and was expected to be a starter again week one. Um, only played 23 snaps, even though he was listed as a starter during some of that time. And then week two, he was an inactive. So for the Browns, that's just another player from the old regime that is now gone. And um, they have really have turned the page. There's very few players really even left from this uh, last regime. Um, and again, only Joe Hayden and Joe Thomas have been signed to second contracts since coming, since being drafted or brought in by the Browns. And so John Hughes is now gone. Uh, a quality five technique kind of player that should be gobbled up someplace else, um, but just maybe didn't fit buy in exactly to the new system. And who can blame him with all the different changes? It must have, it must be tough. Think about having your bosses changed on you every year, every two years. Uh, no matter how much money you're making, it still can be frustrating, tough, not knowing what to expect. Um, hard to buy into systems when you don't believe that those, those people are going to be around anymore. And again, I'm not saying any of this was from uh, specifically about Hughes, but I know I've heard reports from inside the, the locker room and the organization that some of the, the leftover players have struggled with some of the cultural changes. And you can understand why. Again, that's not blaming them or excusing it for them, but you can understand why they would struggle with all the continual changes that they've seen professionally during their time. So John Hughes is now gone. Uh, Jamie Meter now steps in as the starter at defensive end, along with Stephen Paella. Um, so there's Tyrone Holmes, who's more of a pass rusher in the 4-3 nickel that they run. Um, so still got some talent up front, got some young guys up front. But again, a veteran that we thought was going to be an important part of the Browns' 3-4 defense at that 5 technique is now cut and most likely going to be picked up pretty quickly. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he takes some time to find the right spot for him. And the other move today, um, the other cut was Scooby Wright was waived. And so a player of almost mythical proportion in college, uh, Wright was drafted in the seventh round, late in the seventh round by the Browns, and is not expected, was not expected really even to make the team by a lot of people. Um, but he did. He survived. But with all the different things going on with injuries and those kind of things, he was inactive for two games. Not surprising to see him, him waived. Unlikely to see him uh, picked up by another team. He just hasn't shown it yet. Uh, the question really becomes is whether he will ever show it and how much the injuries and surgeries and problems he had throughout college really will impact him. Wright is really the defensive uh, version of Tim Tebow, a winner, a great college player, someone who has heart and leadership and determination and all those great words but maybe doesn't have the physical tools necessary to compete at this level. That's not saying he won't. The expectation is, is that he'll get through waivers. No real reason for anyone to claim him. And the Browns will put him on the practice squad to kind of continue to develop him, see if he can make that comeback from all of his injury history uh, and go into next year with a shot at a roster spot. I know for me, the biggest concern 
um, is he becomes Hayes Pollard number two. Um, those know the Browns drafted Hayes Pollard late in the draft out of USC, uh, snuck him onto their practice squad, and then he was picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And while he hasn't been some dynamic, immediate, huge presence, he has been a quality player for the Jaguars um, and someone who I thought really could be the future leader in the middle of the Browns uh, linebacking core. Unfortunately, he's gone as the Browns tried to get him uh, over at the practice squad and keep him, just weren't able to do that. So it'll be interesting if Scooby uh, goes through the same process, but uh, his injury history and limited ability shown during preseason, at least so far, probably limit that possibility. And so the Browns uh, are probable to sign him to the practice squad and hopeful to see something out of him going into for next season after a full year of, of healing and really not playing in any meaningful games should really help him put himself in the best physical position to see if he can make a career in the NFL. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. Bill and Owen, congratulations. You're a winner. Woo! Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. The big pickup today, um, while the Browns picked up another offensive lineman, not a big deal there, uh, was Charlie Whitehurst. And so I say he's a big pickup. Not really because he's a good player. Obviously, he, he was out of the league. No one had signed him. So that's a great sign that he's not a good player. But it does say a lot about a couple things um, that I think are going to be important. First, Kevin Hogan obviously is not ready to play. Um, the Browns picked him up uh, for their practice squad uh, after all the 53-man cuts. Just isn't ready to play, um, which I think is a pretty obvious statement. Um, when you're cut after being drafted, um, I think that says everything that you need to know about where a player is. And so someone drafted in the fifth round generally is not cut uh, their rookie season, but Kevin Hogan was. The Chiefs drafted him with the 162nd pick, and he didn't even make their 53-man roster. Uh, he was signed to the Browns practice squad, which also is really interesting because normally players will then want to sign or the team will want them on their practice squad, especially a quarterback. But Hogan, either by his own choice or what seems like the Chiefs' choice wasn't even invited, wasn't, isn't on the Chiefs' practice squad. Instead, was signed to the Browns' practice squad. And so that says a little bit about where he is developmentally, um, that he's just not ready to go. And so with Cody Kessler, another rookie likely to start or going to start this week, bringing in Charlie Whitehorse, Whitehurst gives the Browns uh, a veteran who they can trust, who know, understands how to play in the NFL. Again, not very good or he'd be playing someplace else, or at least a backup someplace else. But it says a little bit about maybe what's important to Hugh Jackson. And so uh, at every other position, it seems like Jackson and this regime are really interested in seeing the young guys get on the field. But the quarterback position is a different, just a different beast altogether. And so it wouldn't shock me if Whitehurst is seeing some action uh, the next week or two while McCown is still out. But then that when McCown comes back, he is most likely going to start once again, uh, unless, Kess or, yeah, unless Kessler really kind of sets the world on fire, which is unlikely if you watched him at all in preseason. And so it says a little bit about Hugh Jackson. He wants someone he can trust uh, behind the wheel of his offense. Um, 
And it's not just about developing a player. And so you can expect Kessler to start this week. If he is terrible, uh, then the following week, I wouldn't be surprised to see Charlie Whitehurst, who many have um, nicknamed Clipboard Jesus based on his hair and look and the fact that he's on the sideline a lot and not playing a lot. Um, but it wouldn't be shocking to see him starting in week four if Kessler uh, shows what he did in preseason, which is that he wasn't ready. Now, anything can happen, right? I mean, the Browns have talented weapons with Gary Barnage, with Terrell Pryor, with Corey Coleman, Duke Johnson, Isaiah Crowell, have some good offensive linemen, though they are in transition with Greco moving to center in replace of the injured Cameron Irving, Alvin Bailey coming in at right guard. The Browns still have some talent on offense, and so Kessler has to manage that team well, make good decisions, and connect on some passes. I'm not sure we're going to see that out of him based on what we saw in preseason, but anything is possible. Hugh Jackson really does believe in him uh, long-term and really is someone he wanted to work with and develop. It doesn't look like he's ready yet, and that's kind of what we're hearing from inside the Browns locker room. So uh, Charlie Whitehurst may be the fourth starting quarterback the Browns put on the field, possibly in the fourth week. Um, and then when Josh McCown is healthy as a leader and as a guy who the team really gets behind um, and really knows what he's doing, even though he holds the ball too long, you might see him back in the starting lineup instead of developing, quote-unquote, Kessler behind uh, or starting him so that he can develop. It's not exactly the best thing for a young quarterback. So what does Kessler have to do to be successful? Miami Dolphins have a very, very good defense. Um, I've shown a lot of talent on their defense. And the Browns' offense can sputter at times. It looks like Hugh Jackson can really dial up some plays, get them into rhythm, and then get out of rhythm really, really easily. Some of that is based on some of the big play problems. Um, when they're trying to go downfield, McCown and RG3 both hold the ball too long. Uh, don't make quick decisions. Look for, look for things to develop uh, instead of getting to that open receiver, getting the ball thrown, and getting on with things. And so there's a lot of boomer bust to that. Obviously, we get really excited about the boom part, those deep balls to Coleman, Pryor, uh, those kind of things. But the bust is really bad. Um, it's one of the reasons Griffin got hit a lot in week one. It's the reason McCown got hit a lot in week two. He just wasn't getting the ball out. That's not to, not to say that the offensive line didn't play a role, but McCown tends to hold the ball too long, has that long delivery process, which allows him to get hit a few too many times. So for Kessler, one of the biggest things we need to see from him uh, in week three is going to be him getting the ball out of his hands really, really quickly. And so he needs to be able to diagnose what's going on. Um, he needs to throw his players open. He needs to check it down quickly. He just needs to put himself in a position to be healthy, make the safe throw. Even if that safe throw is a couple deep balls that are either long completions or incompletions, whatever he can do to get the ball out of his hands quickly will be huge for, for him to show that he is ready to compete at this level. The second thing that Kessler can do is, is see the, the ball in front of where it's going. And so a lot of times what happens is with young quarterbacks is they don't see it ahead of their pass. And so you have a crosser coming left to right and you see the cornerback trailing the crosser looks like an open pass. But if you don't see ahead of that, so you don't see the five to seven yards ahead of that from left to right uh, coming from right to left, you often have linebackers, safeties or other corners who are just open there. And so that can often lead to long plays for the other team. And so Kessler has to see ahead of 
his passes. He has to see where his receiver is going, have an idea of what the defense looks like on that side. Are they in man? Are they in zone? Do you have a defensive lineman dropping? Uh, do you have a spy? What's going on there? And so, again, not easy for a rookie to want to get the ball out quickly while also having an idea of what's going on ahead of his pass. But those are going to be the two things in the passing game. They're going to put Kessler in a very uh, either solid position or you're going to see the struggles of a young rookie with not so strong of an arm, though he has added about 10 yards uh, to his arm strength. So that means he's more powerful even in the short yardage. With a little bit of a weak arm, uh, he may not be able to kind of shove it in there where it needs to go into those tight windows. And so he has to be very, very careful. In the run game, he has to be able to get his team into the right play. And so he's got to be able to check down uh, back to a run play, out of a run play. In preseason, we saw that he had a couple run pass options. And so that means at the line of scrimmage, the, a receiver or two or maybe a few are running pass routes, but there's a expectation from the offensive lineman of a run as well as the running back, but he can pull it out, hit the open man. And so those kind of things allow him to kind of see things uh, and make decisions quickly to get the ball out. We saw that with his touchdown pass to Rashad Higgins uh, in the preseason game is that was a run pass option. He saw that he had Higgins available for that back shoulder throw. Uh, instead of turning to hand it off, he took a one-step drop, threw the ball out there. The offensive linemen were run blocking, but there wasn't enough time for any kind of pass rush. He got the ball out of his hands, hit Higgins, who was running his route on that back shoulder fade, put him in a position for the touchdown. And so um, in the run game, he's got to be able to check to the right plays. He's got to be able to go left, go right if needed. And he's got to be smart in his run pass options that it looks like Hugh Jackson is going to trust him with so that he's putting the Browns in the right position. Does he need to score 25, 28 points? No. He needs to manage an offense that's not giving the ball away, not giving the ball away at really important times, and is solid. Is Kessler going to hit some deep balls? Probably not. Compared to McCown and RG3, um, his his arm is just not there right now. Um, and so the Browns, are they may throw one or two up just to keep the defense honest. But besides that, he's got to see in front of his throws. He's got to get the ball out of his hand quickly. And then the run game, he's just got to be able to make decisions based on what he sees in front of him, including the run pass option that he should be given the option of based on what we've seen from Jackson so far. And finally, like we end every podcast, it is our listen up, our tune in, and our click on time. And so for our listen up uh, today is the Cleveland Cavs Locked On podcast with my guy, Chris Manning. Uh, Brings a lot of truth. As we prepare for media day, I'll see Chris most likely Monday for Cavs media day. And so check out Chris's Locked On Cavs podcast. A lot of good stuff there. Chris is just a good dude writing for uh, SB Nation's Fear the Sword, uh, who is edited by David Zavik. Also a good guy. A bunch of other good guys over there. So uh, check out Chris Manning's Locked On Cavs podcast. For click on, today I'd love for you to click on the greaterclevelandfoodbank.org. That's greaterclevelandfoodbank.org. You can see information about the Taste of Browns event that we had last night. Uh, Pictures should be up there pretty soon. Um, All the great food uh, that we had. We raised a record of $226,000. There's a good article on cleveland.com about the event. A lot of fun, a lot of things going on there that I think... Um, Again, I just want to encourage you to look at. 
I'm a, I'm a big proponent of fighting uh, what's called a food desert uh, and food insecurity. And that's something that um, giving to the food bank can be a big piece of is getting healthy nutritional items to children, especially, but families, kids, adults, um, so that they can grow and develop without healthy nutrition. Um, people tend to struggle. They struggle educationally. Uh, they struggle economically uh, in a lot of ways down their road. And so food is a, a huge important part as well as clean water. Um, and so that'll be my uh, click on as well as click on charitywater.org to see what's going on national or internationally when it comes to clean water and, and all the impacts that it can have. Charity Water uh, is a great organization where uh, you can choose to give uh, your donation either to building the well specifically or to the administrative process. And 100% of all uh, donations that go to the building of wells goes to that, as opposed to often many charities, it's 20% or it's a certain amount of it, and then the rest goes to the administrative cost. So again, click on um, greaterclevelandfoodbank.org and charitywater.org. For my tune in, again, it is uh, important that we continue to embrace our local teams. And so uh, make sure you're tuning into the Cleveland Indians at all times. Uh, just a, an organization of fun people. They've been struggling with uh, some injuries, but you still got Jason Kipnis and Francisco Linder, uh, Mike Napoli and all of those guys out there doing their thing. Let's make sure we're supporting them by tuning in or attending the game. Thank you again for stopping into this Locked On Browns podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jared Mueller. You can get me at Twitter at J-A-R-E-D-K-M-U-E. L-L-E-R. You can find all of my Browns writing, including a piece about Carl Pryor and Duke Johnson. That'll be going up in the next couple days, uh, along with a taste of Browns uh, at theobr.com. We are a part of the Scout Media Network. Thanks for tuning in and go Browns.